All right. That we're, is a good name. Okay, roll in. Give myself a track. And oh, i got to make sure my phone's on silent. We don't want that. Yeah. We don't want that unprofessionalism. By gum. By, by gum, I tell you. Okay, coming down in three, two, and one. Well, hello. It's been a while. We've been away. I know that you've missed us. This is Painted Into a Corner with myself, John Ojampa. Isaac's not here. I know. Try to go on. Try and soldier on with your life. Today, though, I have with me one of my colleagues who knows more about paint than Ed Sherwin or Roger Williams ever did. David Lee in studio. Wink, wink. Welcome. My, my guest today. How does it feel? Glad, the, glad the first to be podcast? here. Glad to be here. Kind of exciting. Pioneering? Yeah. You, you feel like you've stepped behind the curtain a bit? Yeah. I I'd think say so. big shoes to fill, but you know, you know Isaac. <laughs> I'd say I'd say uh, average shoes. So, a little bit about yourself. Obviously, you've uh, been here longer than I have. Previously, you were at Sherwin Williams, correct? Yep. So, I was at Sherwin Williams um, for six years, managing different stores throughout the metro area, and then um, hopped on to rel painting um, fairly recently within the last, uh, I think it's probably going on two years um, come May, so about a year and a half. And you know, I mean, I come to you I know, with an awful lot of uh, technical type questions because you do it for that long, obviously. You're going to know what's best, and, and I think you probably, I would assume, convey that to customers when you're out doing bids. You can talk in a language that, um, you know, your recommendations carry a lot of weight, right? Yeah, I think... You can um, slap yourself on the back. It's all right. Having a little bit of paint knowledge um, definitely helped when I transitioned to this job. And, um, you know, it just it's nice being able to uh, portray um, a knowledge to customers where they might be a little bit hesitant or not as knowledgeable in certain areas. And you can kind of educate them a little bit while you're doing the, the bid. And then also um, throughout the entire project, you, you know helps with that too so in addition to that now i know in your free time because we were talking about this <clears throat> i'm probably one of i don't even know how many a small select few people that were born and raised in minnesota and amongst yep. things I've, uh, things i've never done is ice fishing and i know that's something you enjoy but i love it for those of us that <laughs> like to be you know cozy inside um walk me through be, beyond just the uh, excuse to sit on a bucket and drink I know that's part of it. Um, what, what you enjoy about it? What do you get? What do you get out of it? That, and I'll put it this way: What do you get out of it, perhaps, that you don't get out of, I'll say, regular fishing, for lack of a better term? Well, um, a lot of ice fishing is relying on your transducer, and and it's kind of like playing a video game almost. So you can see where the fish are um, below the ice, and it tells you the the depth uh, where the fish might be the bottom and it, it shows you like where when bait fish swim in and um, you're also able to see your lure and kind of um, you know so it's, it's kind of like playing a video game and um, I kind of I kind of like that and then I also enjoy the the thrill of chasing after the fish and a lot of the the fish that are more aggressive in the winter time um, aren't as aggressive um, during the summertime and so it kind of adds a different aspect to um, to, to the whole fishing I, well it's a different yeah. a different challenge basically it's it, it's transdu a transducer yeah. transducer is that right transducer fish Tra finder, transducer right? yeah layman's terms fish finder fish finder yep see that's 
that's what I need. The only people t- call them Vexlars or whatever. Oh, I call yeah, I've been calling them Vexlars thing. for a few couple of years now. <laughs> um, really, the most effective fishing is uh, is if I can actually see the fish. And I'm talking, you go up north to a lake and the water's so clear that I can actually be like, you know, hey, there's something down there. Yeah, I'm going to try neat. and maybe horse it in here. But mm-hmm. I, it's just one of those things that has never appealed to me. But God love people that do it. I know that it's, I know that it's exceedingly popular, but I knew also that it differed from you know, going out on a boat and fishing during the summer because it's it's the same, yes, fundamental activity, although, like you just said, it's it's kind of a different ball game. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoy it a lot, and I actually do um, a few ice tournaments, every ice fishing tournaments every year, so those are about to kick off in, in uh, January, so I'm looking forward to that. That's pretty cool. And what's the one, I know there's one in northern Minnesota where they got about 85,000 people on the lake, and uh, I can't, I don't know. I can't believe is that, that the eel pot one? There you go. That's the one. <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, maybe the ice is that thick, but I would think, my my God, that many holes in the yeah. ice. How does, <laughs> how does at some point uh, people don't just break off and go Titanic style and slip into icy water? Yeah, it gets a little, it gets a little crazy sometimes, especially this time of year when, um, you know, different areas of the state have different levels of ice and um, – there's something to be careful. That would be, and, and you know, and it's always, I don't know, just the the idea of being on a frozen lake is is always a little bit freaky. The idea of driving my car in a frozen lake, I can't, I still can't wrap my mind around. And I know, well, the ice is, oh God, it's as thick as a glacier, but it's still, it's still just, it, it gets me, and I can't, I don't know how people, I'm, I'm guessing yourself included, do that, and how you feel comfortable enough to say, yeah, this was water a few months ago, but I'm okay. I guess you kind of have to know the lake, too, because there's certain lakes that there might be 12 inches of ice everywhere in the lake, but a few spots. So, And even if you know the lake, is still something to be careful about and usually just following other people's tracks out there and um, just ha- having a good knowledge of the um, the amount of ice on a lake is just always important. I suppose those are the stories you so. hear about people trying to one-eye at home from uh, some establishment on the water and they aren't sure exactly where they're going to hit a channel and next thing you know, well, yep. you got a DWI and bigger problems on top of that. Yep, any any lake that has some kind of flowage system, so, you know, acts as part of a river system or um, you got to be careful underneath bridges and areas like that especially. So Maybe someday and maybe, you know, gosh, it's been 41, almost 42 years now. <laughs> maybe there <laughs> will be a time... Um, so if you, if you were to sell it to myself or anyone else that prefers the comforts of the indoors, you would sell it how? In what way, in what way for a complete novice, for somebody that, you know, I don't particularly care what kind of fish I catch. Yeah, it'd be nice to catch one, but you're probably going to have to take it off the hook. What do you got for me? Well, I think you can get pretty much anything out of it that you are looking for. If you're kind of a competitive person and you enjoy the, the thrill of competing, mm-hmm. uh, you can definitely bring that aspect of things to ice fishing um whether it's just with your friends or or in like a tournament setting but then you can also bring more of like a leisure aspect of things and get some friends out Mm -hmm. there and kind of grill out on the ice and uh throw a couple back and um you know a lot of times when you're fishing out there it might be cold outside but you get those houses um put up Mm -hmm. or a lot of people have permanent ice houses or you can you can go through a lot of resorts and they have them already um, set up on the ice for you to rent. I've seen so, a lot of those the, that are that are permanent. They look almost nicer than my living room. Some of those yeah. things are unbelievable. Yeah, I think as long as you get in a heated situation where you, you can you can 
kind of go in and out of the elements as you want and you kind of have a good base ground or a base camp to come back to it's um kind of adds to the the whole experience too that's but but it is there is something about being you know um in the middle of a lake and 30 feet of water and you're just sitting on top of it so it's kind of it's kind of fun there I, is I something like it. yes you're right there there is something <laughs> about that i'll try i'll try and me tie this meandering conversation together uh, you know a takeaway is look a lot of people come to us and they they would like to look at our services and they want to have some work performed and like myself asking about ice fishing they don't know a whole heck of a lot they they have some fundamental knowledge but they don't really know what's involved and that much like you just expounded upon with ice fishing when i was asking all these things i didn't really know similarly we and particularly you are more than happy to help people out with that simplify it and put it in terms that they can understand because by no fault of anybody you know you just don't think about it oftentimes until well we actually need this room painted these cabinets done and so much like this you are able to explain that to people as you explain ice fishing far better than i probably ever could yeah i think you know even if you are just trying to take on a little painting project on your own and you don't really know where to start a good place to um a good starting point would be talking to your local paint store or even giving us a call and we can we'd be more than happy to walk you through um, some different products and materials you might need along as as, as well as um, you know what expectations should be and if you um, are looking to have anything that um, you would like to have hired out and are looking to get bids we would love to um, come out and visit with you and, and go over um, you know all the different aspects of a project like what you may be um, looking at having done and then um, get you a, get you a bid for that too. So bottom lining it, there is absolutely no harm, risk or obligation in sending us an email or making a phone call and just saying, Hey, I'm wondering about this or I'm looking to have this done. And we're happy to walk you through any questions, whatever you may have come find us. We're pretty friendly. I like to think by, by God, I don't ice fish, but I, I am, I like to think I'm okay. Your first podcast <laughs> yep. coming to an end. What'd you think? It wasn't that bad, right? No, not that nah, bad. Gets, thanks, uh, thanks for having me on here, John. Much well, Appreciate gets, it. You know, I, you know where to find me generally. Yep. Uh, that'll do it for this week. We're going to try and, yes, I've said it before. This is going to be a regular thing, I promise. Going to have some more people from the office on, perhaps people from outside the office. Different sorts of topics. If there's anything, well, speaking of contacting us, if there's anything you want us to uh, address in this medium, hey, reach out, call, email, Facebook, whatever it, it may be. Yeah, we're happy to sit here and, and chat about it and answer questions that way as well. So for now, until next week, I promise this is John, my colleague David, who made it just a, made it through with a plum. I thought it was fantastic. I don't even know Isaac's last name anymore. We will be back <laughs> next week for another episode of Painted Into a Corner. Until then, stay warm. Thanks again. <laughs>